This favorites Buary episode of Dissecting the 80s is brought to you by our fine supporters over at Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and you'll get a bonus episode about one of our all-time favorites, Tremors, at some point in this month, plus instant access to the entire back catalog, hours and hours of bonus content. You get a bonus episode every other month at the $5 tier, and there's all sorts of other goodies there as well. Go check out patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and support this show. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, you didn't drag Macho into this, a man with a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Macho's got friends in every leather lounge, bear bar, and twink tavern from here to the West Coast. He speaks two languages. He knows every local bartender. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got a vodka soda already. The Macho Man, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Lano. That was a good one. The only thing you missed was drag queens. <laughs> I couldn't. I was trying to keep the rhythm of the original speech. Mm. So I, you know, you know, and I also was trying to amuse myself with the limited knowledge of gay sub subcultures. Very, uh, categories. Cultures? Is that the word? You I use? mean, uh, cultures yeah, okay. is a bit. I was, I was about to say categories, gay categories. Okay. Categories felt like a weird word to use for people. And that's why I, was I mean, like, it is, but it's. Categories yeah. is the sort of best word for it. Uh, but yeah, I heard that speech. Uh, we'll get to it, but uh, one of my top five editing jokes of all time. Uh, really masterful. But um, I can't wait to talk about this movie. I like watched this mov- movie with just pure joy in my heart. It had been a while, and boy, does it still work for me as much as it did when I was six years old. Uh, so we watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know what that means. We've got to go back. We're going to go dissect the 80s. It's your straight people camp. Something's going to be your straight people camp. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> can can I can I push the button from Starship Troopers that says, "Would you like to know more?" Yes, you can. Okay, because I would like to know more. So, please, like, please elaborate. Camp, as we've discussed, is a very ephemeral topic. But like, when boiled down to it, it's sort of it's it's things in quotation marks. It's it's the heightened idea of a thing. And so, like, in the okay. Indiana Jones universe, all guns sound like that. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, punches yeah, yeah. sound like you're, you're, you dropped a slab of meat off a 15-story building. Every punch lands like that. And, like, an archaeologist is, is the hottest professor on campus, and all the girls <laughs> and, throw and, their panties at him. Like, and the men, too. Well, I don't know, we don't see the men want to fuck, but... The, the 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 throng of students outside his room is, like, ready to tear his clothes off, men, women included, I feel. That See, is I like, just assumed is... that the men were, like, they wanted to be indie. Maybe. Um, but... I'm just saying, that zombie shot. Yes, that was the great. Door, there's some men, there's some man hands in there, too. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, it's it's the idea, the heightened idea of everything in, in this movie. I get that. Okay. Like, you can't uh, tell me that yeah, the, I, so, the, like, the screen, like, Tina, no, bring me the axe! Doesn't also sound like, 
doesn't feel like it would belong in this. Like, you can't see someone in this movie screaming something like that. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying I thought you were wrong. I just wanted to hear more. That's all. I was like, oh, I would like to hear you elaborate on this. Um, I, you know, we we have said fairly recently, I think that like I had interchangeably used the word camp and broad, which is not maybe correct. So I've been trying to use broad and uh, this certain movie certainly is broad as well. But I, uh, as someone who like kind of understands camp, but it's more of like a, with a Supreme Court definition. of Yeah, I know it when I see I know it, it when I see it. <laughs> Yeah. So I like I would I would just wanted to hear uh, a little bit more. That's all. I I wasn't uh wasn't trying to tell you you were wrong. It's a feeling. Um, we come you. to this place you. for magic. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh well, I come to this movie for magic and boy, should I not wait so long between watches this cuz I can't tell you the last time I put it on and uh I I said this before in the podcast that I had like a long stretch where I really wasn't rewatching stuff. I I like a chunk of time where I was like constantly watching the same movies over and over and I kind of like burned myself out on that and like sort of stopped rewatching stuff more or less. Um which I think is fine. Like it's good to come to things at different time points yeah. and some people like to rewatch the same movies and that's fine too. Like any way you like movies is fine with me. I don't uh I don't really gatekeep how other people enjoy stuff i just hadn't so i hadn't watched this movie in forever and man like from the opening part where we get the and so i watched it on the the blu-ray copy i have and the i've been having like annoying problems with the surround sound system in my house which i'm not going to get into because who could possibly care but like i had to like change some settings and wires and it was like a little bit of annoying problems for me for a while but man the thx logo comes up and that big thx i I watch this on prime and i don't think it does the thx logo I, I bet it doesn't because the prime version probably so like the THX thing is very much a um, a signature of quality on the product. And I bet that the stream version THX didn't do. That's fair. That's fair. Have you ever seen the, so the, the sheet music for the THX sound? Because it's wild looking. It's it is crazy because it's like a bunch of different instruments playing the same note, right? Like it that's, is. That's but the then it's different. like a bunch of notes stacked on top of each other. So it just like gets fatter and fatter as it, as it goes on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a constant battle with my wife over the volume on the television because like, I think it's supposed to be loud. Like, like the THX logo should feel too loud by the time it's over. Yeah. The THX for sure. Ever. (laughs) She's like, I don't ever want it to be that loud in my house. Like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, this is great. Revel in it. You know, I just hate that. There's no, I want like, I want I want a customized sound mix option that like explosions yeah, I mean, don't need I to be it. quite so loud and talking should be a yeah. little bit louder than it is. I actually not to be like I feel like I have turned into over the years of doing this podcast because I was I, I I re-listened to that uh, Halloween four episode which is way back in sixty five episode sixty five that's like that's s- just over a year second year third year third yeah, year yeah third sorry year I was thinking once a week yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, that's third year of the podcast. We're now in the ninth year of the podcast. So, like, a lot of time has passed and the world has changed and I'm older and all sorts of things. Like, there's a million other things that change your perspective over time. And I feel like I have done, like, a lot of bitching in general about, like, I don't I don't connect with movies these days as much as I used to and stuff annoys me and that's fine. Like, you know, a lot of stuff about the culture at large befuddles me, like TikTok yeah. and all that shit. But whatever. It's fine. I don't care if you like it. I, 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 sorry. I don't, it doesn't, I don't judge you for liking it. I just don't get it, which is fine. There are many things I feel that way about. All that to say, 
this movie, I didn't have to like jockey the remote every 10 seconds, other than like a couple of very intentionally loud moments of this movie. Like the mix is yeah, good. You can hear mix. people when they whisper and the gun doesn't like blow your eardrums out. And I was like, oh, like it's still fucking possible to do this. And then I was like, oh, right. THX. Like they gave a shit. And so it's like, you don't see that THX logo on streaming because like, I don't think they I don't see it like control ever anymore on movies. No, not really. Yeah. Like, yeah. even in theaters. Dolby, you get a lot now. Mm. Yeah, you get Dolby now. Maybe THX is gone, and that's very possible. I don't Which know. Which one had the thing. little robot do it? Was it THX? The robot did the little cow noise maker thing? He, like, plugged it in? Was that THX? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was, like, all. a little, like, CGI robot that looked kind of like Alpha 5, but his body was more cone-shaped. And he, like... I think the THX logo was from the side, so you it just looked like a big gray block. And I want to say he okay. had a, like... A mook, one of those like toys that you like turn over and the thing slowly falls inside. No idea. That sounds more like a production team, but I, I like a production. No, team. it was just it was sound for sure because he does it once by himself and he like gets an idea and then he plugs the cow toy into the THX logo and then it's basically oh, like a symphony of like a, a, a gradually louder symphony of cow sounds. I'm sure, I'm sure okay. one person out there knows what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, but I hope that that person chimes in uh, at Dissect the Eighties on Twitter uh, or on Facebook. Um, anyway, we, I've, we have a lot to talk about, so we should get into this movie. But boy, like man, that THX thing, I was just like, oh, this is great. Even from this opening little, I'm like so on board. Uh, we start in beautiful Arches National Park, Utah, a oh. uh, place that I hope to be. Uh, in universe, is that where it is, or is it just? I don't know. Because is not in California? Got a explaining where we are. I always assume. So I think. Okay. I think the canon is that he's a professor in California, but he may not have grown yeah, up there. Okay. So I that I don't know where he grows up. I am sure this is like available on a Wikipedia somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Like I have no doubt. Uh, but I don't know that information, which is great if you do. But you can tweet us, or I will just be content not knowing. Um, but. Beautiful, beautiful national parks. And like, you know, I'm going to try not to spend this whole episode being like, boy, it was better with the way they used to make movies. Yeah, I have a lot of those notes that look how real this is. It's like, just like you just take your fucking actors outside. Just let them go outside. Like they need fresh air. And not the parking lot. Real outside. Yes. 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 Like I just some Atlanta, Georgia parking lot. It's like, yes, like, oh, look, it's a real fucking mountain. Like, and it's a dusty real trail that a person is standing on and light is hitting their body. Like, oh, look, you know, like, I get it. Like, it, you know, it's easier. It's cheaper. It's there's a million reasons why it makes sense. But it's no it's like your brain knows. Yeah, we know. <laughs> your brain just knows. We know what it looks like. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, actors outside for a whole movie, like, wow. That was one of the things that I was like, I enjoyed about WandaVision, that I was like, yes, it, I was like, it feels like a set, but it feels like we're actually outside. And then I like watched some behind the scenes, I was like, oh, by the way, this town square is outside, but we threw in a bunch of shit that wasn't actually there on the day. And like, the gazebo was apparently not actually in that town square at all. And I was like, that looks like a, right, that is right. a good use, supplement, supplement the real outside with, with a few little extra things. Right, right. And like, you know, I, I, I'll i be honest, like, I, we always call stuff out for sucking. Like, I think the Mandalorian fools me a lot. Oh, yeah. And the Mandalorian is never outside, like mm. ever. And it and I it fools me, you know, whatever. But like, there are times in stuff. So are there the like, edges show. are there like treadmills on the ground? 
They the the way if you the behind the scenes because I know it's basically like he's cool. in a I, I recommend well, for lack of a better word it's a it's a room where all the walls and ceiling are TV screens. Yes. But so like when he's like and they walking bring, is it like he's on a treadmill? I don't know how they do that. Like the room is large enough that you can walk a pretty good distance inside it. If you look at the behind the scenes, it's a huge huge space. Like the 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 one eighty circle camera or uh, screen thing is is massive. So I think he can probably walk like 50, 25 yards, 50 yards. I don't know the actual number, but it's like big. It's not a, it's not a small space. And then they will, they bring in like physical props and stuff that people like hide behind and stuff. Now I'm sure some of that is just green blocks, but I did see some stuff with like a rock. It looked like a fake rock or yeah. whatever, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I, you know, maybe they do, maybe they, maybe they do sometimes go outside, but yeah, I don't know the answer to the question. It could also just be like, maybe rear projection looks good now. You know? Yeah. It finally caught up. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just, this, it's just beautiful. And it's, it's you, you stick the camera. And the other thing, I don't want to do like uh, too much Spielberg dissection because I know you haven't seen the movie, but I watched The Fablemans mm-hmm. uh, in December. And man, oh man, did I just love that movie so much. And it is like Spielberg doing a movie about himself. Which Where does it end like in his obnoxious. life? Uh, like Jaws? He has, no, way before. Re- oh, so he's not even like, it doesn't even like end with like him. Nope. It never gets to, like, I'm on a movie set as a professional. I figured it would end with, like, he's yelling action for the first time on Jaws or something. No, no, it never gets there. No, and Jaws actually is, like, pretty late. I would be, he would have had to, like, cover, like, several things. Because he, he did a bunch of television. He actually directed the Columbo pilot, which is a cool fun fact. Uh, And, and I think even Peter Falk was like, hey, this guy is way too talented to be here. Um that's like an actual quote that's almost exactly right. It's close. It's like, you, you're you not supposed to be here. Uh, but he did an episode of um, shit. Uh, like an anthology TV type TV series. And I think it was. Was it the scary Rod Serling? Night yes, Gallery? And the, the act. Yes, it was Night Gallery. And it was Joan. Rivers? Collins. Uh, one of your Crawford. ladies. It might have been Joan Crawford. It was like one of those like. Famously hard to work with women of that generation. Yeah, Crawford or Davis, probably. And she loved him, and they like really got along famously. Um, and huh. uh, yeah, it worked out very well. Joan Crawford, yeah. Sorry, I, I wanted to verify that because I was. But she, they they apparently got along super well, and like were, were like friendly until she died. Well, if she if like, she recognized you know, talent, she was going to be very very nice to you. That makes sense. But I, I think he treated her well and, and like, whatever. Oh, yeah. but so anyway, he would have had to do a lot and duel came before Jaws. Oh, right. Duel happened before Jaws. Um, but anyway, so the Failments is like him really diving into the issues he had growing up, which is not to say like, I think he would tell you like he lived a fairly privileged existence. He didn't go wanting for a lot of yeah. things, but I think like emotionally he didn't get all the support that he might have wanted or needed at the various times in his life. And so he had like a very complicated relationship with his parents, um, as most people's are. And he really like, and, and his dad, by the way, Spielberg's like 77. His dad just died at like 102. Wow. It's like his dad, his dad died in like 2021 in his 100s. And then they started making this movie. And so it's like, you know, I don't think his dad's the villain of the movie per se. Cause like, I think both his parents are pretty supportive, but like his parents, his mom was a free spirit and the dad was like very analytical and very, you know, technical. And so there's just like the opening scene of the movie is this amazing, like it just kind of, it just 
a great scene and a great film by a great filmmaker because it just lays out so much of what you're about to be watching. And it's like, they're taking Spielberg to his first movie and he's like, I don't know, six or whatever, five. And it's, uh, it's the great train robber. Mm-hmm. And the, his mom is like, movies are dreams projected on the screen. It's, you know, anything can happen on the big screen or whatever. And the dad is like, well, son, film is run through a projector at 24 frames a second. And that motion, the motion of those still images creates a motion picture. And his dad is like doing that kind of like Mr. Science part. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I get this. Like, this is this is so obvious, right? And it goes through his whole young life of like making the Super 8 movies he made and all this stuff. Highly recommend the movie. It's long. Did he I've produce or direct Super Eight? The movie. I don't. Did he? He he did definitely did not direct it. That's J.J. Abrams. He may have. Produced I feel like he. I feel like I remember it being produced because it was sort of like you know alieny, Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all that to say is like there's a really wonderful scene at the toward the end of the Fablemans that I don't want to uh, spoil specifically, but I'll just say like involves. Uh, some advice from a director about like where the horizon should be in your shots, which really doesn't spoil anything. And watching this movie, you're like, oh, this is real. Like the horizon is always at the top or the bottom of the image because if it's in the middle, it's boring. So the it, when you're watching this oh. movie, the horizon is almost always in the top third bathroom. And it's like, I was watching, you know, you watch The Fablemans and it's like, he's, it's a semi-autobiographical movie and yada, yada, yada. And then it's like, oh no, some of that stuff's real. Because like, this movie is about daddy issues. And also yeah. this like little nugget is in there too. And so it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I really appreciated this movie in a whole new way. And I still also loved all of the adventure. Is that a universal that I picture, so I assume? Uh, yeah. Fablemans? Yes. Okay, so I'm hoping it'll come to HBO Max soon. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a, it's a good theater movie. It, like I I know we've bitched about runtime on here a lot as well, but I've I've I kind of like a long movie at the theater sometimes. It's like I'm settling in. This is my afternoon sometimes, here yeah. for two and a half hours. I won't do a yeah. three hour because I if you're giving me a, th- I did that and Avatar, and I was like both of them I enjoyed. Yeah, like that that Batman is three hours, and then Avatar is very long. I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, a- Avatar Avatar I liked a lot. Is it really still in theaters? Did. But I saw it in IMAX. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It might still be at the IMAXs. You should go do that mm. if it's uh, if it's available to you. It's just a full-on eyeball assault. It's great. It, in the same way that this movie is like a very talented director, like pulling in all of his little tricks, Avatar is, Avatar is like, hey, you got a little Aliens, you got a little Titanic, you got a little Avatar, you got a little Terminator, you got a little Terminator 2, you got a little Piranha, because <laughs> there's a lot of underwater shit. Uh, just like, the Abyss, it's like I feel like you would rather all... you say The Abyss yeah. <laughs> than yeah. Piranha. <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. I just watched, I have never seen the abyss. Uh, we will definitely be doing it next time. There's an avatar movie coming out. Cause I watched this making of recently that I was blown away by so many, so many, we made these movies made and you people are going to watch them. <laughs> well, yeah, the abyss, uh, he definitely almost killed some people as per usual. It's a camera joint, but yeah, uh, excited to watch that for the podcast two years from now, whenever Probably in a year. comes out. 20 I feel like he said every other year which is a way smarter release schedule than annually mm. to me. Anyway, we should talk about this. We're 20 minutes in and I have so much to say about this movie. So, we start off with uh River Phoenix playing young Indiana Jones gone way too soon. D- definitely gone way too soon, but I also didn't so I I truly don't know the last time I watched like a proper Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Um like I'm sure I watched them with you growing up. Like that's 
seems weird yeah. that I would ne- that would never happen. But like, I don't have a lot of strong mm-hmm. memories of it. So I was like, I didn't when they said 1912. I didn't realize how early it was for. In, I was like, yeah, I know these movies are like older. I don't know what the timeline is. Yeah. So then when they showed the like clearly Indiana Jones type like leading like. I was yes. like, oh, that's in that's in Indiana Jones. They just Harrison Ford just looks weird, I guess, in this lighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, a lot of people think that this is his stunt double. It's not. It's just an actor that looks a hell of a lot like him. And I think, like, if you want to, if you want to analyze this movie on like the the real like nerdy, you know, uh, essay type level, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana Jones very clearly looked to this man as a role model. Oh, for sure. You know, it's it's obvious, and so well, and the man clearly like respects the thing. kid. Yes, absolutely, yes. Which is rare in a movie. Like he, the guy is like, you know, he, he the line he has is great, and we'll get there, you know, in a few minutes when we get through all the cool shit that happens in between now and then. But like, uh, it's I think it's interesting to have this movie start off with like Indiana Jones seeing this person who kind of becomes a role model for him in the face of his dad being very clearly a detached person who's not really, con- he doesn't really connect with them at yeah. all. And then as he gets older and has this adventure with his dad, having the opportunity to sort of like understand his dad a little more and maybe come to respect him a little bit by the end of this in a way that I think is really interesting and very clearly Spielberg working on some shit, yeah. you know, like very clearly, you know, and, and it's, it's uh, the reason why I'm going to talk about Fableman's a bunch throughout this. So I apologize if you get sick of it, but the, the thing that I think is so interesting about that movie is he's 77 years old Spielberg. He has no need to do this like soul bearing movie about his childhood and the issues he's worked on. This doesn't need to do that. He's at a point in his career where he can do whatever the hell he wants and has been for decades. He's like, I feel like doing West side story. And everyone was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. But I think artistically is very interesting and very significant to see somebody like pull this movie out and and do this at, at an advanced age when most directors are way, way past their prime and not making memorable shit anymore mm-hmm. for him to make like a, what I would think what I would consider a masterpiece at 77 is is extremely rare for any director. And also it's like. For years, you can watch a Spielberg movie and be like, oh, well, you know, here's some of the stuff that you can learn about this person by reading their work. And in this movie, he's like, yeah, most of that shit's right. <laughs> like, you know, I, and I'm talking about it. So I just I found it really brave is an overused word and probably the incorrect word. But but artistically is brave to be like, you know what? I'm 77. I'm going to make this very, 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 very personal movie, at, you know, and a thing. And it made no money and whatever. But like, boy, howdy, what an artistic achievement. I Did it not make really any money? impressive to me. No, not really. <laughs> no. I Maybe now that it's been nominated, it'll get some more. Probably. But I, I, for me, it's the best movie I saw that came out in 2022, which I didn't see a lot of the best picture nominees or whatever. But I, I, I will be rooting for it for an Oscar. Or I guess this comes out after the Oscars, maybe. I forget when this comes out. But... I, I mean, I think it's a tremendous movie. I think you should watch it. Um, maybe that'll be our good tie-in. We're talking about a Spielberg movie close to Oscar. There we go. Anyway, I love this opening sequence so much. We ho- we hop right into an electric action scene. We've got Indy and his friend observing some grave robbers. And we see very quickly that even at age you know, 12 or so, whatever this is. Yeah, I think teenager at least. 15, whatever he is here. He's got this strong moral code. Uh, the strong... It- not everything belongs in a museum. Some things belong back with the country of origin. Let's just <laughs> okay, say that. Fair. He does. Now he doesn't say this belongs in an American museum. True. True. 
it's sort of so perhaps the subtle implication of this belongs in a museum, the museum that Indiana Jones works for. Like, I don't think. Yeah, well, I don't maybe, think the Louvre maybe is, is, be, is be like, "Hey, Indy, <laughs> we got a job for you." You know what I mean? Uh, very clearly, yeah. No, very clearly, when he uh, gets the the cross, Brody, Marcus Brody, is like, "This will look great in our museum." Like, it's very clearly not. You are correct. It is not going where it's yeah. supposed to. But I'm just saying, twelve twelve year old Indy, maybe, maybe he had better thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, it's he's very um, strong about it, but it's strong and a little. Yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah. I get. Yeah, that's fine. That's a fair fair criticism. Um, honestly, what I, what I really picked up on watching this time, which I hadn't really thought about before is like, all of my favorite characters are supremely confident doofuses. Like that's, that's sort of my guiding light in He's, film. he's like 10% less doofus than a, than a Kurt Russell performance. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But he also is like, just consistently wrong about things and, yeah. uh, you know, getting into fights and and doing it like many people have pointed this out. It's not interesting to me to say it, but you know, if he didn't participate in this movie, nothing bad would have happened. Well, wouldn't his dad have died? Maybe his dad dies, but the Nazis like the Nazi plot is not for maybe it's more applicable to Raiders, which we'll get to in a couple months when we do Raiders, but like the Nazi the Nazis would have failed. Yeah. Without him. Because that's like, what I thought. The, I'll just say real quick now or saying we're saying it. I thought yeah. the Nazis sent him the journal. Like we can't figure out the ramblings. Yeah, yeah. Let's give it to him and he'll figure it out for us and we'll just follow him. I actually think that's a more interesting twist than than the but it would be against the character because the character is a little bit dumb and he's he's just blunders ahead because he's going to get by on his yeah. charm. So anyway, He's got. He grabs this cross. He's not afraid of snakes in the beginning, which I find very interesting. Old Indy, very. I think it's. I think it's falling into the snake pit that makes him scared. Is what right. we're supposed to glean. Right. And and also to be young we, and take a tumble like that and not like yeah be in immediate chronic pain. <laughs> like he jumps off. It's the cliff's probably what like five feet tall when he jumps onto the. He goes to jump onto the take. horse. No, he's about five or six feet above the horse, so it's probably closer to ten, eight to ten feet, I would say. Oh, I thought he was closer to the horse than that, because um, I was like, you feel like you're going to hurt I, the horse now. I feel like he's about his height. If he was to dangle by his fingertips from the ledge, his feet would touch the saddle. Okay. So that's probably about five so feet So he to me. goes to jump onto the horse, and the horse moves, and he just, like, crumbles to the ground, and I was like, oh, man, my knees would shatter <laughs> at this age. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I was recently taking a walk and I I didn't actually stumble but I like took a half step uh, climbing a curb which is embarrassing to say but I like slipped on some loose gravel a little and I was like boy like if I had fallen just now like that's like a month for me of dealing mm-hmm. with like this twisted this angle, pain, you know? Or is like yeah, yeah, of just and just being annoyed and slow and limping a little just like man, what a dumb thing that would have been. Um, this horse car chase is fantastic. R- River Phoenix, really great in this movie. As I said, you know, gone way too young. He was was uh, it Stand uh, By Me or The Outsiders? Yes, uh, Stand okay. By Me. He may also be in The Outsiders, but he's definitely in Stand gotcha. By Me. Um, 
but I love I like the the this chase is so dynamic. Like the way the the dust is pluming that makes this like look so kinetic and frenetic as the the cars, you know, even he gets the you see this train off in the distance. That's another thing in the Fablemans. You see like Spielberg's always been obsessed with trains because hmm. the first movie he saw oh, was great the great train, train robbery. robbery. And so he like uh as a little boy, like got a, got the family film camera and crashed his trains over and over to film it. Cause he was like working it out cause it was traumatizing for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's great. Honestly, it's just, it's such a good movie. Um, I'm on a real Spielberg kick right now. Um, we get on this train and it's a circus train, which is like, boy, what a genius, genius. It's beautiful series. to look at. Like, it's, and, and, and like, you know, animal cruelty is bad and all that. The circus is certainly treating these animals p- poorly and stuff. But it's 1912 where this movie is set, so this this thing exists. And like, what a cool choice! You know what I mean? Like, it's could have been any train, but no, it's an animal circus train, yeah. which is just awesome. the fake giraffe head yeah. sticking out of the roof that like barely moves. Yes. Yes, yeah, that and the rhino like is obviously also fake, but mm-hmm. it's great. Like, well, that's like an works. animatronic real look. Like the the giraffe look like the giraffe heads literally look like they have like them on a pole and someone is just like twisting them back and forth in, inside. I, I don't think they're. I don't think the rhino's animatronic. I think it's exactly what you described. I think it's a dude with a pole. I think no, no, the the because I, I read online that it was made as static and then he was like, no, it needs to move, so it had to like blink and like move its mouth and stuff oh okay okay i i thought it was a puppet more than i mean it might be puppet but it's a it's a more involved puppet than just like a head on a stick animated so to speak gotcha the other thing that's interesting about this opening is that like we've bitched a lot about prequelitis and how prequels really want to just smash you over the head with hey look this is the origin of that thing you like Mm -hmm. Well, like you just mentioned the snake part, right? Where it's like we see Indy not afraid of a snake and it makes you go like, huh? Because we know he's afraid of snakes from Raiders. And then he has the big tumble and it's just like, oh, OK, that, ex- that would that be why he's that. afraid of snakes now. And it's not significantly different than the stuff they do in prequels now, but it just feels more aggressive when it's done in movies these days, I guess, to me. Or maybe I think it's I'm because it's not a full prequel movie. It's like it's just a 10 minute sequence or whatever in the beginning. So like that's throwing true. in the two yeah. thi- I guess three if you're gonna give the hat like the snakes yeah. the whip and the hat which are like yeah. the big and three. honestly the hat the hat thing is kind of a throwaway like the re- the reason the hat is there is to do that cool edit oh yeah know? of course the transition but. And, and so it, it, yeah yeah and and so you know obviously it is a prequel thing but yeah I don't know it, it's just it's interesting that when when the movie is better, you don't notice that shit. Well, it's not like he life. ran past a, a, a girl and was like, hi, Marion Ravenwood. And like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like there wasn't any of that. I don't, I truly can't think of Yeah. <laughs> like well, a pregnant just, Asian lady. And he's like, like, you should name your kid short round. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else, <laughs> what else to reference. Yeah. But it's, but it's interesting. It's like, it's like, I'm, I'm even thinking about, you know, the solo movie, right? Which didn't is one that I made fun of a lot for this stuff. I know you didn't see it, but like I we've talked about it. Anyways, like there's a sequence in solo where it's like, how did he get his name? And in this movie, there is a joke about him getting his name, right? Yeah. Like it is yeah, yeah. it is a point part of this movie. And so I, I don't know, like I I I was trying to examine this from a critical point of view because like I don't want to be a douchey hypocrite, right? It's like I bitch about stuff like this all the time. I say I don't like it. But for some reason, and I think it just comes down to like when the movie is made by a craftsperson, I don't want to use craftsman because women make great movies too. But per- a movie's made by someone 
not someone, many people who give a shit. Yeah. It shows. Movies don't just, as we said before, movies don't just happen. A lot of people, right? a lot of effort is involved. Right. Yeah, and like, this is a movie, it's like, you know, the special effects people work their tails off. The writers work their tails off. The people who do the craft services probably work their ass off, right? They're traveling all over the world. And so it's just, the sum is so important to those things not being annoying, I think, is my only answer to it. Because I just, yeah, I was trying to engage with my thoughts on this. Because it's like... There are three bits in this that are almost identical beats to the beats in Solo. Oh, really? And maybe it's just because, well, they do the name mm-hmm. thing. They do. Oh, the name thing isn't the, here. Uh, the name thing is at the end of the movie. The last line of the movie. So, yeah, like, yeah. that doesn't feel as as prequely to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But the hat thing, the hat thing in this is kind of akin to Han Solo and the dice, which I like. That thing still befuddles me. The dice. And I guess maybe the difference is, yeah, like, did you see any of the Disney Star Wars? What do you mean? The the three Star Wars. We saw. I saw the first one with you, and then I think that. Okay. Is that the one? Did Did Han Solo die in that one? I think so. Whatever one he died in, that's the one I saw, and I didn't see any others. You only saw. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So not for any not for any like neckbeardy political reasons. I just like I'm (laughs) I'm fine. Star Star Wars is fine. If it's on, I'll watch it. But like. Okay, so without getting too deep into the weeds, because I have a lot of... We are four lines into two pages of notes uh-huh. of this movie, and I we, we need to pick up the pace. Uh, the Han Solo has, like, a pair of dice that hang from the rearview mirror of the Millennium Falcon, basically. Like, it's not exactly that, but it is oh, that. He has I didn't... these, like, little dice. And there's a whole sequence in episode eight, I want to say, where... Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's eight or nine. I don't remember. It's one of those two, but like Luke, like astral projects and he gives those dice to Leia. And there's this like whole thing with him, like representing, giving this little trinket of Hans to Leia and blah, blah, blah. And so like, there's a big beat in Solo about like where he acquired these dice. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck these dice are. Like, I'm a pretty, like, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I would say I'm like a fan without any capital letters, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, Indiana Jones, you can put three capital letters in fan for me. Uh, although I don't know his... Uh, I don't know where he's from or how old he is, <laughs> so maybe not. Uh, maybe I'm just, like, a capital F fan. But it's, like, the hat thing is an iconic part of the character versus, like, something I was like, huh? What are the fucking dice you're talking about? Yeah, like, the about, hat is in know? every movie. These dice, right, I don't right. remember. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking yeah. about. So I watched the first three movies, <laughs> and there were no fucking dice in those movies. They played some weird game. They are. Is they it when they play the that stupid, uh, weird round checkers no. game? No, space chess. No. Anyway, we should talk about this. I don't know. I just, I felt like I was going to get, like, I felt like for as much bitching as I do about certain things, that when I like that thing, I should try to critically examine it. I thought it was worthy exercise, but hopefully other people agree. Well, I think it's because it's, like we said, it's uh, it's skillfully done, and it's a small, brief segment. If, if this were, like, a prequel movie, I'm sure we would hate it. But, like, yeah, the three big things that, like, you're going to hit. And it, does, it doesn't feel like Indiana Jones... Like only used a whip from out. Like he learned, like he picked it up yeah. and he never put it. It doesn't feel like he never put it down again. Yes, and also he sucks at it. Yeah, which I loved. I was so which glad. I, I was like, if yeah. he picks this up, then yes. he's just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm mad because that's yeah. not how whips work. Yeah, yeah. And I assume this is like a little. The other thing with this is, is I think Harrison Ford actually has a little scar on his he does. chin, and so this this was like. 
I didn't check that. I should have, but thank you for doing so. But it was like, oh, this is like kind of a cute thing because the actor has a little scar. Yeah. Not because like they put it on his face. Exactly. You know? Organic. Anyway. Well, yeah, that's the right word for it. Also, uh, the roof of this train are, would be no. no more fingerprints hot. And like the fact that they're all just like oh, crawling yeah. around. Is it metal though? Weren't, aren't all trains? I don't well, but in the rhino part, it's clearly wood. I would have thought the a metal roof was standard for like trains. Let me let me say, you're probably right on a passenger car. I don't know about cargo cars, oh. but you're even if it is wood, it's still hot as hell. They're all black. I will give you in the yes. desert sun. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you put if you put a train through the uh, the Utah desert it, with a wo- a wooden train, it's still going to be searingly hot when you touch it. You're totally right. Uh, two things I love on the train sequence. We can, we can, I could, we, I could do a full podcast about this opening prequel. It's I 10 minutes. This so much. It's really, tr- it's fantastic. But uh, I love that we do multiple instances of, oh God, it's a snake, but it's very clearly an actor wiggling their wrists with a rubber snake. Yeah, like, and I liked the animatronic snake, the like Jungle Cruise yes, style. Yeah. And just like it twists left to right very stiffly. Yeah, it pops up out of the water. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I love that. I love the fake looking rhino that like is shot and edited around so that you don't notice it. But for reasons that I, when you watch these movies in HD, did you catch the rhino has like a thick tear line? No. <laughs> the rhino looks so sad. The rhino has, I, it looks like a bead of hot glue going from one corner of its eye down to its yeah, mouth. That's so sad. But it's like, I know it's like weeping. It's so bummer. <laughs> Uh, but very clearly, it's, you know, two actors, they have the fake rhino, then they have the actress on the roof, and they have some uh, props or, or effects person with a, probably a real rhino horn, because it was 1980. <laughs> 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 just jamming it up through the roof of this car, and like, just like, you know, and it's like, man, movies... And I'm th- I'm not. This is not to say that this doesn't happen now, because I feel I've felt this way about movies that I watched six months ago. But like, man, I am such a dork for this shit. Like, it's, it's all real. It's like, but th- th- but it's the it's the magic of the magic of the movies. It's we like come the- to this place for magic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. And it's just I, it's hard to talk about this stuff without being a corny dork. But like, it's it's so cool. <laughs> To get fooled in this way. Yeah. And when you can go along for the ride. And again, this is not like a, oh, because like I, you know, I felt this way several times over the last year and seeing the movies. Everything Everywhere all at once made me feel this way. I'm just like, when this thing works, nothing is better than it. Yeah. You know? I agree. Just movies. It's just like, I'm a big nerd for this shit. And it's just nice to watch a movie that makes you feel tingly like that. Yeah. I just always like, I, I feel like a lot of the times now it's just, you know, actors shot in normal light and then they put a blue filter on it and now it's nighttime and uh-huh. and then they cgi yeah. in water like a boat sequence today is gonna look nothing like this and this looks like a good like they actually feel like they're on a cargo ship in the rain yeah yeah absolutely uh the other one i love the other shot that i love uh indy falls through the roof into the lion's den right before he picks up the whip that we alluded to a couple seconds ago and River Phoenix has really long hair and it's covering his face and he kind of does this like he lifts his chin and then he parts the curtains. His fingers and parts his hair like a curtain, which is just like, you know, a little movie nerd uh, Spielberg thing, you know, the, the curtains up. Uh, love that shot. And then the look on his face when it's like, oh, shit, that's a lion is just fabulous. Apparently the lions really got scared because they didn't like the rumbling and the lights. 
<laughs> oh, that's sad. I hope they didn't. Hurt there were anybody. two. There were two lions. They the lion actors, and they both were scared of the rumbling and the lights. I'm imagining it was uh, Tippy Hedren and 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 no and no Marshall. And I forget <laughs> what her mom's name was. As like it's a couple of their lions. Yeah, they were like, and, we'll, and you, we'll loan you some lions. They're chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Meanwhile, where Phoenix is getting gnawed on. <laughs> Tippy Hedren's in the back going, go loose. Go loose. <laughs> Time's the lion. <laughs> uh, so he disappears in a magic trunk, which is fun. Love that. So good. And he, I, I, I truly, I didn't know. I was like, oh, is he not going to get away with the cross? He's like, he's going to get away. Obviously, he's Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, oh, maybe he's going to miss the cross, and it's going to be like a thing for the rest of his life. But he has away with the cross. Yeah. Yes, he does. But there's this like, like the the really great moment of the sheriff rolling in, being like, "You stole this property." It's just, it's great. Yeah. Corrupt, corrupt uh, law enforcement. Yeah, and uh, the the guy who's officially credited as Fedora apparently you know, comes up to was him. originally in the script uh, was a- Abernathy Ravenwood or whatever. Oh, he was Abernathy Ravenwood. He, he was Marion's dad that? in the original script. Oh, see that would suck. That would suck. <laughs> That's a good change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the 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 great line, the fantastic all timer line: "You lost today, kid, but you don't have to like it." And he gives him the hat. Which is only to serve the part where he puts the hat on and pushes it down, Indy's chin down, so that we can do chin up, and we're 30 years later, right? Is it 42 in this it's, movie? It's, I forget what no, it is. No, it's 38. No, because 30s. It's 38 30, okay. because Wizard of Oz hadn't come out yet, is what I thought in my head. When I saw. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, not man, not the works, World War II. The... <laughs> not, well, the World Hitler War II hasn't invaded Poland up. yet. <laughs> That, the, the World War II stuff catches up uh, pretty quickly, yeah. so you were fine. Also, that hat uh, wouldn't fit him. But it's a, that, unless River Phoenix got a big old head, that hat's not fitting him. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think the hat like fits him. I think it's a little bit too. Big. It looks. It looks not not too big enough. We'll say. Okay. Um. So you know the great transition of like chin down to chin up, and now it's twenty six years later. Indy's a full grown man, and he's getting the snot kicked out of him with some classic Indiana Jones punches. Yeah. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> Whose museum, Indy? <laughs> Whose museum? The one at the college I work for. So basically, Indiana Jones is just like an artifact bounty hunter, <laughs> like. Yes. He pretends it's all like this should be in a museum, but like your museum well, that look, hired you to to steal the thing. <laughs> we it's it we say this a lot in this show. We're talking about movies that are forty years old. Oh yeah, or more. You know, judging movies from that time with modern views, a lot of them are going to come up wanting. Fair, right? Yeah. Accurate. This is then another. This is almost a hundred years ago. It's, it's eighty five years. Yeah, ago, you're right. Nineteen thirty eight nobody was thinking about no i know that it's just i'm aware (laughs) of that wait is it 95 years ago no i'm so bad at math on the fly what it's 85 years ago sorry i I thought yeah it's 85 but like you know we went we were lucky enough we visited london or you know with our family some years probably 10 years i don't know some years ago and we went to the british museum and we saw some amazing artifacts but like a lot of the things you saw and you know are just stolen i mean they're just stolen yeah, that's, that's why i liked I mean, in that just, um no other way to describe it that that sequ- that like 
uh, opening, but beginning sequence in uh, Black Panther. Yeah, rule. And he was like, oh, you stole all this, so uh, we're stealing the back. Yeah, I thought that was great. So, I like, I think it is a little bit unfair to be like, Indiana Jones, you didn't think about who the rightful owner of the cross was in 1938. I, it's all absurd. I just think it's funny. It's a funny bit. It is funny. It is objectively a funny bit. I want you to keep doing because he's it's 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 it's, it's, the, it's this belongs in the museum asterisk the one that's paying me to steal it. Right, right. Honestly, Indiana Jones could have been a great series of like different museums paying him to like go get an artifact for them. That's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Also, this drives me insane, this sequence, because it's, you know, Indy on a rocking boat, big storm happening. We see that it's the same Basically, guy, Indy on what looks like a backlot experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're on a boat called the Coronado. Wink, because this is Coronado's cross. But the man who he's stealing it from is the man who grave robbed it in 1912. And... You know, they have a big showdown. There's like this big fist fight. It looks great. Staged great. I mean, I, I if we go through every scene and talk about how great it is, we'll be here for four hours on this, for this podcast. But the cross is on a chain. Andy, put the yeah, goddamn no necklace on. <laughs> it's, it's, he gets hit. It goes skittering across the deck. It gets washed by this water on the deck, you know, and almost goes over. And, and it's like he picks it up and clutches it and jumps overboard. And it's like, hey, bud, put it put on the and tuck damn it in your shirt. On. Stick it in your blouse, yeah, Nancy. Yeah. Right. Like, take your hat off, throw the chain over your neck, and put your hat back on. Um, And then the boat explodes. Uh, it's yeah, a great just, real explosion. It is super good. Uh, the stunt performer looks way too close to it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> As Something I felt several times in this movie. Although sometimes I, I feel like, like stunt hey. performers are like that. They're like, I can get closer to the fire. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. The, I was I was listening to a, a um, an interview with an actor, and I'm not going to remember the actor or the movie they're talking about, but it was a, a scene where a stunt person got lit on fire, and they were... They were they were like, hey, the record's fifty nine seconds or whatever it was. Can we do a minute and minute three? And the director was like, no, <laughs> like we're not gonna do that. But the stunt person was like adamant they were trying to break this record because stunt people are their own breed. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, I, it, well, I can get, if you want to reset that explosion, I can I can be closer. Yeah, yeah. Like I could, I could get within ten feet of that. Like no, stop it. Don't test this gel. <laughs> So we cut, we cut to Indiana Jones in class, all the women with the rapt attention. There's no love you. I was going to say, I, I, I couldn't remember which one that was in, but I was like, it's not in this one. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, Indy kind of has Ghostbusters 2. Like, he is all of New York in Ghostbusters 2. Because he has had some magical-ass adventures, and he's like... This is bef- this is bef- this is prequel. This is a this is the first movie, technically? This, I, I, thought, I believe, I thought, chronologically... I thought Temple of Doom was a, was a prequel. Maybe I thought it went movie number two, movie number one, movie number three in terms of chronology. All right, googling Indiana Jones timeline because I don't know the answer. Because later he makes a joke about yeah, I know the arc. I so I assumed. Okay, maybe you're right. For God's sake. All right, you're correct. Sorry, I had to dig through an article that had like way too much information about the the Jones, like when <laughs> his dad was born. When, and his, when his dad fucked. And I was like, Jesus Christ! There's four. There's four movies. Just. Put them in order. Yeah. You are correct. Temple of Doom is first chronologically, then Raiders, then then this. He's like, then, uh, I deal in facts, so let's uh, forget about lost cities. We can't take myths at face value. Yes. And I was like, what? No, you, you can't. You watch someone's face <laughs> melt off. Someone ripped a heart you out of someone the- and ate it. Like, 
What are you talking about? You saw the Ark of the Covenant. The literal Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> like, like for as far as you're concerned, God is very real. Yes. Which has very crazy implications if we think too hard about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we like to joke about the Santa is real movies and the, the havoc that that wreaks on any universe yeah. you try to to put that into. But a universe where unequivocally the Christian God, God Christian is God is real is and he's kind of an yes. angry God who leaves face melting boxes around. <laughs> yes, like yeah. is crazy. He's an Old Testament guy. Oh yes, he is. But yeah, that's I, the whole time. And he keeps being like, I'm like. I don't like. I don't. Why, why my father believes in the Holy Grail? How stupid is he? And I was like, Yeah, bud. What? What? What that you've seen up until now says no. That's too crazy. Right. Right. It's bonkers. I also love. He's got this priceless artifact. I have no idea what the the cross of Coronado is worth, but I'm going to say a lot of money because it seems probably like priceless. It. Yeah. He's got it wrapped in an old T-shirt in a desk drawer. Marcus Brody comes in and he's like, let me see the cross. And he just pulls out this bundle from his top drawer. And it's like, I get that he probably doesn't want to have it out of in sight. In a gilded box. Know, after all he's gone through. Right. But like, I don't know, man. Like, you could you could have it in, a, in your briefcase, which is like by your leg yeah. and also like locked. And also you have it in a little case or like at least... I don't know, a nice looking cloth, some velvet of some type, you know? Yeah, or do the like classic movie, like wrap it in, in like burlapy and twine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to go down to Joanne Fabric or whatever the equivalent was <laughs> in 1938, and I want you to get a couple yards of velvet, okay? And I want you to drape this cross in velvet. There we go. Um, so he talks to this, um, what's, I'm sorry, not Donovan. Donovan comes in two seconds. Marcus Brody. Marcus Brody. Is the one who was like, "Oh, this will look great in our in our museum," um, and I guess early, in other movies, Marcus Brody was like smart and competent, and then because they brought in Sean Connery, they had to make him dumb in this movie. Yeah, yeah, because he's too dumb. Like, yeah, I, I I will say I don't remember Marcus's role in Raiders that much, but. He is asked to do a lot in this movie, and he's ten years older than the last time he had an adventure with Indy. Is so he not? Oh, he, I cut him a, a little slack. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm saying Raider. Ra- this. Yeah, that's chronologically what... Raiders is first. Yeah. yeah. And I think I don't. I don't think it's a hundred percent right, but it's like fairly close that Raiders and Crusade take place that far apart in their stories. I oh. think. So, like, I think they're close to eight years apart, mm-hmm. just because, like, all the actors are that much older. I think that is right, yeah. but maybe I'm wrong. I promise that I will get the timeline straight. We're going to do two more indie episodes. Also, I, I, I have not been this scared to watch a movie for the podcast since we did the Muppets movie. And I had to, like, check myself oh, really? several times, like, it's Last Crusade. We're watching The Last Crusade. We're watching the last movie <laughs> in the 80s. It's The Last Crusade. So, so, so... so I think probably Raiders is the better movie. I'm going to talk about this when we watched it again. That's like the first one released, right? Them. Correct. Uh, my copy, I owned the DVD box set and I never opened Temple of Doom. <laughs> like I had no interest in rewatch. It never, like I sold that DVD box set. Temple of Doom was unopened. I wonder if, if Temple of Doom might be my secret favorite. Because I like the weird darky stuff. It's going to be tough for me to deal with if that's true i mean i do like this one a lot (laughs) um but this one has always been my favorite i'm sure because it starts with a kid and i was a kid watching it and much of the reason i like terminator 2 over the second or sorry terminator 2 over the first one um 
I would watch either of these in a heartbeat. I actually know I was just thinking about while watching this. I've never seen either of these on the big screen and Alamo draft house here in DC was running them. And I almost went just to like take notes for the podcast. And I was like, eh, that's kind of a weird thing to do. But I was like, I don't know, man. I like, I, I didn't want to do it because we were about to do it for the podcast and then be like taking and like watching again in short succession. But I have not seen these on the big screen. That's definitely on my list of movies. I got to collect. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, this summer going to be re-released. I'm hopeful. I, 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 what I'm really hoping for is I can find somewhere that's showing it in 35 millimeter because that would be cool for me. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, anyway, um, we, we get this uh, Beatlemania-esque response from his students uh, outside the classroom. Yeah. And we find out that uh, he's like, put them all on a list. I'll get to them in order. And then he hops out the window, which is delightful. So is he like a local hero? Like, like he's not in, like someone in New York isn't going to go see the news, re- the news films and see like, Indiana Jones recovers lost artifact. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they publicize that part. So know? he's just like a local like, hero. I don't know if he's even a local hero. I think the students just like him a lot. Like, I think he's like the cool. Oh, you think they don't know he is like a a swashbuckler? I really don't know. I have no idea because because he specifically is like archaeology is not getting out there and, and, you know, finding lost treasure. It's done in the library. You know what I mean? Which again, I was like, like, fuck off, dude. You are you are the prime example of that's not true. But I feel like if people knew that, there'd be some kid in the back of the classroom being like, bullshit! Like, didn't you, you know? Didn't you find a box that melted someone's face off in front of you? <laughs> Excuse me, I believe you found the literal Ark of the Covenant? That's that's right, right? Like, the actual Ark of the Covenant, like, they put Jesus in it, and then you found it. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm Jewish, and that means I have a lot of questions now. <laughs> Like, my whole worldview is significantly tilted on its axis in the last 10 years. Um, so he sneaks out the window and then basically gets kidnapped? Yes, he does. Uh, um, uh, we, we we take him uh, into the private quarters of... And it's like, you know, this dude becomes the baddie. You know, it's a twist. Shocking. But like, I don't know, man. Like, this dude has a Bond villain lair. It shouldn't be that surprising. It's the He's 80s does the 30s, artifacts. which is always my favorite. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, these are my priceless artifacts. I have all of these things that are completely insane for someone to have in a private collection. Um, So he tells him the story of the Holy Grail because he's reading this, like, broken tablet. And then, I don't know if you noticed this, but he goes, the story of the three brothers who went for searching for the Grail. And he goes, oh, and then two came back from the desert 150 years later. And then there's one guarding the... So is it to say that there's the third brother, the one that stayed behind? Because I was like, uh-huh. I was like, you talked about three brothers and then all of a sudden only two brothers and no one, there was no wrap up to the story of he like. He says one stayed behind. But that wasn't like part of the story they told in here. So I was like. Right. Well, you, you, that's the guy we meet later. I get that now. But I was like, I was like, well, hang on. You said the three brothers and then two brothers. So like, did the third brother just like fuck off? No, he says in telling the story, one brother stayed behind and the other two emerged from the desert the way he phrased it did not say one stayed behind it was, it was two emerged from the desert and the way he phrased it sounded like one of those two then did something and i was like well hang on there were three mm, okay where'd the third one go no i i feel like he says that one stayed behind but maybe i'm making it up um anyway this is a whole like back and forth but just basically just to say hey your dad he really insane. buries the lead in this whole like your dad it's, got kidnapped it, if 
Yeah, it feels like you know what it is. No, you know what it is. It's John Hammond in Lost World. Oh, being like, uh, what is her that right? Julianne Moore? Hey, Julianne Moore is on that island, and and fucking Ian Malcolm is like, I uh, well, I uh, gotta guess I gotta go see dinosaurs. I like how you turned Richard Hammond into Sean Connery with your impression. It's not full Connery. It's Julianne Moore's on that island is where I put Richard Hammond. No, because he's got a bit of he's got a bit of a brogue. Yeah, that's what I was just doing. That was not a brogue. But it was but his is more of like an Irish lilt. It's like, ooh, Mr. Dean E. (laughs) It's like up there. And like, you know, Connery's down here a little more is where I put them. So I found it funny. Uh, anyway, it's time to go to Venice. Classic map transition. Yeah, it was love fun. a map transition. Uh, we we that's one of our big uh, ongoing jokes on the podcast. So it's nice to see some origins of these things. Uh, we have the Aryan princess uh, Ilsa Schneider walk up to them, and it's like again, it surprises you that this woman's a Nazi. <laughs> Look at her. Yeah, also speaks with a German accent. She also feels like yes. the prototype for is it Diane Kruger? Is yes. that her name in National Treasure? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. She feels like the prototype for that. And also, like, I was like, ooh, Dr. Schneider's a woman. Ooh, women can be doctors. Yeah, I really liked the, like, them basically doing that, you know, stupid riddle that's like, I can't operate on him. He's my son. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just speak. Which is basically what they do. Just stop using pronouns. Just use full names. Um. Well, they don't. They use they use Doctor Schneider, so it's like you know. Yeah, Doctor Elsa Schneider. Yeah, um, Indy goes all out in trying to have sex with this woman immediately. Yeah, which is delightful. So apparently, she's only twenty one. The actress is that right? Yeah, because that's an old looking. Because I was like, oh, they. I was like, oh, they don't seem that crazy far apart in age. No. Yeah. He's like twice her age. Is he almost forty in this movie? I think so. Really, I'm pretty wow. sure. Okay. Because he wasn't like a young act. Because he, he, when he did like Star Wars, he was probably in his 30s, I think. He was born, this says he was born in 42 and this movie came out in 89. So he's almost 50. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I, he looks young. I, I would have, I thought he was closer. I like, as you just heard, I thought he was like maybe pushing 40. So yeah, you're right. That wildly far apart age. Uh, I'm guessing that she was a smoker. <laughs> she's probably that ages you up pretty quickly when she was a model uh, i would have guessed wow wow maybe it's just that model alien face thing you know like all models kind of look like aliens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway uh yeah that's funny i i had the same thought of like wow these two look like they're appropriate age appropriate uh-huh. which is very definitely uh, def- she's probably the- a secret nazi <laughs> and later there's the great bit where uh, we find out that she had a way more age inappropriate romance with oh oh yeah i didn't even think Henry about that Jones. um did you so they go to the uh, this library that used to be a church and indy starts this is like my favorite sequence putting the the puzzle together it's so silly did you notice that like the like fake ass movie amusement park ride set bookshelf behind indy yes yes yeah it's it's very noticeable and high def that this i was like oh my god it looks so bad (laughs) it's it literally is a flat thing with like they just They've got wooden book spines and like stapled them to this black floating background. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cheap looking. My guess is this is probably like an actual library until they start destroying the floor. And so maybe they had to like oh, maybe. dupe some stuff later is my guess. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the floor is like painted or carved in a way that you could only see this X when you're just like standing above it. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, oh, X marks the spot, which is a callback to the speech he was just giving uh, to his students in the classroom is like, you don't hunt buried treasure and X never marks the spot. And he is even a little amused at this yeah. being the case, like, which is I, I like very much. Uh, and then the the very good bit of timing <laughs> using a stanchion to destroy the floor with the guy stamping books in and the and he's desk. he somehow it's he's like, this is strange. My stamp sounds like that. Doesn't the guy kind of give you like an Albert Einstein? Yes, he does. (laughs) Also, this sequence again leans into the camp thing for me that like of this, this man thinks his stamp is making the sound of metal on marble. This, this man who works in a fucking library is like, hmm. Yeah. Weird. So they smash through the floor and they find a secret passage. And this like, I, you know. A lot of the, the I loved Indiana Jones later as I was older. I loved the National Treasure movies. And it's like a lot of the things I really like are a world in which all of the people who came before me were just very into circuitous logic. Riddles and puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, I have to I have to put this away. Well, what could I do? Ah, I'll make an elaborate riddle that leads <laughs> to an elaborate puzzle. And not just like a puzzle that you do with pieces, but like really large scale puzzles. I have to stand on the top of the Capitol building in Philadelphia and look through special blue yes. glasses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Or the, the, like the one in National Treasure that I love so much is, you know, they go down into the caverns and there's this wood and rope. And like, finally, I think it's John Voight who's like, this is all like very old. This is going to be rotted. Yes. <laughs> like, w- this is extremely dangerous. And they're like, hey, whatever. And then they proceed to like almost die multiple times because he was right. Like, of course, it's, it's old as rope. And da- dangerous. Yeah. I, don't, I like the, 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 it only point. I think it's like once a year or something. It'll point to the like the spire shadow points to the brick or something. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Raiders, he has to do that whole thing where he like puts the thing on, on the, the staff, staff and then well, because that's what his dad's talking points, about yeah. in the beginning. I think is when he, the thing from Raiders. I think so because he's re, he says like let this whatever wherever the light shines through this show me the way or something. I so I assumed it was a reference to Raiders. No, I think he's talking about the stained glass in this library. Oh, I I could I just, just the way he phrased it sounded like the scene in Raiders. No, I think I think he's talking about this this library in particular. Cuz he his dad the all the this thing that Sean Connery is working on is the stained glass window that Indy is right, right, right. like I've seen this before and he goes digging for it. Um where are we at here? Oh, secret passageway. So, you know, we get these these great secret passages. And I lo- it's like you, you were talking about Indy and his like, you know, this belongs to museum. Like he's like, OK, fine. You know, I can make some excuses for the time when this was you know set and all that. Yada, yada, yada. But like, I'm pretty sure in 1938, it was still frowned upon to be like, hey, I need a torch. Better take this. This guy's bones. Femur. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like dump his corpse into the water and take this it's like i don't know man that still seemed like desecration back then but also he he was said he was in a puddle of petrol or petroleum so like mm-hmm. he's in a puddle of crude oil i think okay so my wife made the same observation i think he's trying to say that there's oil in the water on the water you mean? the water is all oil like it's mixed in you know it's like a mix oil and water don't mix yeah okay but like <laughs> The Haven't you made salad dressing? A... First of all, that's oil and vinegar. Same Burr, principle. Burr, burr, burr. Second of all, all I was trying to say is it is 
several fluids he is standing in, regardless of their surface tension and uh, uh, what's the word? The something density. viscosity. No, it's like you know how you can like make the shots that have like three liquids oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on top of each other. It's not liquid density. There's a science where it molecular density. Maybe that's it. I don't know. There's a term for it that I'm not remembering. It'll come to me as we finish this podcast. I have no doubt. But I think it's. I think he's saying that it's like water and that not purely flammable. Because I'm like he's covered in it, and he's his hand is wet from this oil water, and he's like hand me that lighter, and I was like, well, yeah, hang on, (laughs) yes. Also, vapors are a thing. (laughs) Right. 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 So he makes a torch. They go tromping through. They find a huge room full of rats, which is really gross. They had to breed them especially for this movie, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, because they needed so many rats, and and they can't just like you can't just like get street rats because they're gross and like right, right, diseased. Huh? I would have I would have assumed there was just like a pet store you could go to with this many rats. I'd, like many pet stores. I don't know. I assume some PAs like some pimply PAs had to be like. Hi, uh, we'd like to buy your entire rat supply. And then, like, just did that at every pet store in Venice or wherever they <laughs> shot this. Uh, so the bad guys that we would look like bad guys show up and follow them into the secret tunnel. <clears throat> oh, also, great joke where he sees the rats and goes, oh, rats. <laughs> great. Great writing. Yeah. Great writing. Honestly, truly great writing. Yes, they start getting chased by these guys. Go ahead. Uh, well, they don't know they're getting chased. The, they don't know these guys have snuck into the catacombs with them and they find um the shield that is the full dis- inscription which is weird like why is it one a stone tablet, tablet and one a shield like what i don't understand that yeah i don't either i i think i think that he says that the tablet was carried by the brothers and broke but and then the other one was buried with his oh uh, okay but i i don't remember specifically so i do apologize so he does our- Screaming at their phones. A, like rubbing of to with the rest of the words. And then the people we think are bad guys throw a, a a match into the into the flame. And I was like, well, they're gonna destroy what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then my brain goes, Well, wait a minute. What if they're the Medjai from the mummy? And they are, mm. in fact, <laughs> the Medjai <laughs> from the mummy. Third best Indiana Jones movie. I agree. It's it's it. As I was watching this, I was like, "Oh yeah, I get what Trip's talking about when when he says this." Yeah, no, I'm. It's it's not a bit. It's I very strongly feel that for me, it's Crusade Raiders, the Mummy with Brendan Fraser, and then the subsequent Indiana Joneses. Yeah, uh, they dump the body out of the coffin. They hide underneath, and the rats are like, "I felt so bad for these poor rats. They all got exploded." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Indy dives down. He finds a way out. You know they they make their way through, and I love them escaping out of sewer just outside the library amongst all these people having like a nice cup of coffee, you know, al fresco dinner, yeah, or you know, coffee, whatever it is. And they're all so horrified, like they must smell so bad. I think about that throughout the movie. There's there's a part where Indy showers, and you're like, oh, thank God, he yeah, he that. needed to freshen up immediately. He's immediately he's disgusting again. Um, and then we get a Venice boat chase. Love these boats. So good. I do love these. Well, because this is the classic, like, Venice boat. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, so there's this moment where um, they can't hear each other over the engine, and, and she's driving the boat, and he's fighting in the back. And she yeah. pilots the boat between, like, two giant metal boat like, ships. Yeah. And as the, the music sounds like Jurassic Park music, 
It's so super dense. And yeah, the sa- the Jurassic metal Park screech sound that the boat makes sounds just like a fucking raptor. Like the Velociraptor. Yes, I said the I was same like, thing oh. while I was watching it. I was like, that must have earwormed his, their way into John, to John uh-huh. and Stevie. Cause, uh, yeah, I had exactly the same thought. I was, I was like, oh, I bet you're about to say that thing. Sorry for stepping on it. Um, I also noticed the two of them have some of the absolute worst shoes for this. She's wearing heels and he's wearing like very slippery, shiny old school dress shoes that yeah. have no tread. And they're just running on these. Well, all women wore the heels that she's wearing in the thirties. In the no, I, I know. I, I know. I know. But it just like, you'd think that a woman who knew that she might have to run for her life would maybe structure her day a little better. Yeah. Uh, so he reveals the, this boat propeller interrogation is like just magic. It's, it's so great. cool looking. Well, that's what happened to that woman um, who survived the Titanic and then was on another boat crash. She got killed in the second one? No. So she survived the Titanic and then survived the second one. But <clears throat> basically because she- Indiana Jones grabbed her and was like, why are you sinking these boats? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, chong, chong, so chong, chong. Because chong, she had survived it. the Titanic thinking she knew, that, like, I'm going to need a tooth. I'm going to want a toothbrush and a cloth. Like things that I'm, I'm just going to grab these things that I know I'm not going to have on the boat. Yeah. So she grabs these things and- uh, I think they got hit by a mine, like a like a German land, like uh, ocean mine. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, yeah. Um, the crew was already dropping boats, like lifeboats, into the water, and they, I guess it didn't wasn't communicated to the captain that they were doing that. And he was like, "We're close enough yeah. to shore. I'm just gonna gun it." And so he's they're lowering lifeboats into the water as he's throwing those propellers full blast. And it is just pulling these lifeboats into the propellers like a goddamn Vitamix. Holy and so, shit. She's watching their, her lifeboat get lowered as these other boats are getting sucked into the vortex and being like, well, here we go. And she also can't swim. And so, oh, how do you survive the Titanic and not take swimming lessons? I don't know. After? Her name is Violet Jessup. Okay. I'm going to have to look her up. Um, that's bonkers. That's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's a great, it's called Puppet History. They do a whole video about her and it's just like incredible, her life. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so he and um, the guy from... Oh, I can't remember his freaking name. The guy from the university. Marcus. Marcus Brody. Marcus Brody. Are talking in, in, in Indy's room as he's in the bathrobe after the shower. Like, okay, so we're going to... you. We know that the... Very good robe, by the it's way. It's a plush robe. Yeah, looks nice. He's like, so, you know, Alexandra... Alexandretta or something? It's yeah, like so close to which is not an actual. I was like, yeah, Alexandria is the real famous place. Like, we all know that place. Right. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of Alexandria before, which doesn't mean anything. It could very well be a place. I just didn't. know. Yeah. Um, and so Indy's like, you go there and then I'll go, I'm going to go after my father. And he goes into his room across the hallway and it's been ransacked. And then he goes into Elsa's room or Dr. Schneider's room. And it's also been ransacked. And when he opens the bathroom door, she's in there like, <gasps> What? I, I didn't know anything happened. And I was like, girl, girl. Indy's got the dick blindness, you see. He's distracted. But like, I was like, Indy, you don't think that this is weird that she was in the shower? Elle Woods would, re- would destroy this case. She was in the tub and listening to a phonograph very loudly. Where she was washing her hair. And her curls are still intact. <laughs> so she did not deactivate the ammonium thyglocolate. Uh, so they, he's like, well, the Nazis are on to us. And you, you even see it in her face. And it's a good bit of acting from uh, I, uh, Elsa. I didn't write down the actress's name. I apologize. Um, where Indy like pulls the 
grail diary out of his coat pocket or his robe pocket and you see her like a little flicker where she's like son of a bitch he was holding it like like clearly she was the one who ransacked the rooms which you know it seems very obvious in general yeah but, uh the really good little performance beat from her yeah so i was confused by her for a minute because i assumed that <clears throat> she was a nazi like she was not the real Dr. Schneider. She was a Nazi pretending to be Dr. Schneider. And then oh. when we find out that she's been Dr. Schneider the whole time, I was like, so you were stooping Sean Connery and still couldn't get this diary? Like, are, you're just bad at your job, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I was recently reading about a group of women who were seducing Nazi officers, getting secrets out of them, and then murdering them. And I was like, wow. Where's that amazing. movie? That's what I said. I literally read this article and I was like, how is this not a movie? Like, how is there not 70 actresses killing each other to play these roles? This seems amazing. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, we raid the castle where we find the Nazis and uh, Indy and Elsa are, you know, making their way around. And Indy's like, oh, my dad's in this room. It's got an alarm. Uh, and it's probably a bomb. It says it's wired. Room. So I'm assuming it's a bomb. No, it's the alarm that you can see the little box with the bells on it. Oh, I thought it was a bomb. When he said wired. No, 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 no. It's, it's, no, it's an alarm. Uh, and this is the first magic whip of the movie. where He's like, like fucking Catwoman. This woman. is not how whips work. Yeah, this is not how whips work. This is not in any way how this works. You can uh, grab things with the whip, but it is not like this. You can? You can, you can, you can get something with a whip. It's not like. Are you confusing, are you confusing a whip with those sticky hands you used to get out of the, <laughs> the From the coin, the quarter machine? machine? Grocery no, store? you. Yeah, from the gashapon. So you can, it's, it's not as easy as movies make it look, but it is a thing that you can do with enough skill and practice. I don't think you can do it the way Indiana Jones and Catwoman do it to like. Yeah, I mean, Indy puts this thing around, a, I, whatever, I love this movie, but he puts it around a wire, swings on it twice, then later he whips around his dad's legs and pulls him to safety from the dreads of a tank. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, like, I think if you could do, like, you could grab a bottle, or, like, wrap around a bottle, or, like, a, a handle of, like, a big switch. Uh, you, I, I, in fairness to what you're saying, this is a thing I see in movies all the time. I don't know if you remember from Dusk Till Dawn, yes. but, um, Tom, to... Tom Savini is that his name? Yeah, Tom Savini, the, the makeup guy. Yeah, he he has we a tiny him. little whip and he steals someone's beer. I I I said it out loud and for some reason my brain was like, no, that's not his first name. And I was like, no, I think it is. I don't know. I'm getting old, man. What do you want from me? I'm about to be thirty. He gave us a free autograph. Two free autographs. He's a very nice man who I speak highly of. I just thought I got his name wrong. I wanted to verify. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he get, breaks into the room. Sean Connery busts him over the head with his vase. And then the only concern he has, even after he realizes it's Indy, is I've broken a very priceless vase. From the Ming. I, I always think it's weird that he doesn't say dynasty, which always feels like the very like stodgy old British way to say dynasty. Oh, that's because he's American. Sean Connery? No, Dr. Jones. Oh. I mean, why would he pronounce it that way? He's American. Did, can't you hear our, his very American say, Is that supposed to be kayfabe? Can't you hear his extremely American accent? I'd like a hamburger and some French fries, please. Um, and a nice cold Coca-Cola. They rekindle their relationship. They they bond briefly. Um, very, very briefly. Until the Nazis burst in and Sean Connor's like, he didn't bring the diary with him. Of course he's not an idiot. <laughs> this is so good. The Harrison Ford really sells this this moment of like, oh shit. But also like, how is he supposed to get this far without it? Right, exactly. 
it almost seems like they are it's a sean connery is doing a bit to get the guards distracted yeah it, yeah, it's it not i don't think the movie wants us i don't think that it's supposed to be that but it feels like it could be that right right and it does build to harrison ford taking advantage and gunning down these nazis they bust into the next room and it's the nazi commander he's got elsa with a gun to her throat and connery is like immediately is like yeah she's a nazi don't don't do this she's a nazi yeah. <laughs> she's a nazi yeah she's a nazi and i love the reveal like how did you know she's a nazi dad and he's like oh she talks in her sleep it's just like oh your eskimo brothers this yeah is weird. he boned her that's probably a racist thing I just said, huh? You probably shouldn't say that anymore. I probably, but I truly don't know. It might just be a weird, like, okay. like how snowballing is a is a term. Like maybe it's from, like from that that okay. use of snow. Uh, yeah, it just sometimes you say things nowadays, and you're like, oh, that one feels wrong, eh? Okay, well, they both had sex with the same woman. Yeah, which is fine. I just, I'm not calling anybody a slut. I'm just saying. We can call her a Nazi. It'd be weird. It'd be weird if you found out that you and a parent had had sex with the same person, in my opinion. Probably, yeah. But he straight up says she's a Nazi, and he doesn't believe his dad. Right. And then she's like, oh, by the way, I am a Nazi. Yoink. And she takes the diary. Yep. And this is where we find out that Donovan is also a Nazi. He's like, it does a great James Bond villain reveal, like stepping up from a chair. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, and we- he stands up and I was like, yeah, no shit. He was a bad guy. Like, what? What? Of course he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course he was. Um, and so, which says a lot about both of the Jones men, by the way. Yeah. Well, uh, that they both Andy, can't find, Andy can't spot Nazis if they're hot women. Right. Uh, so they're like, oh, there's pages missing from here. Where's the map? And Sean Connery looks at Indy with like relief, like, oh, you're not a complete idiot. Yes. You know, you got this one thing right. And this is where we get the the bit I was riffing on in the intro. This really great uh, Marcus Brody, you know, he speaks a dozen languages. He's He'll blend in seamlessly because Donovan's like, oh, he sticks out like a sore thumb. It'll be fine. And he does this whole great, like, You'll never find him. With any luck, he's already got the grail. Smash cut to Marcus aimlessly wandering through a market and being like, does anyone speak English or perhaps ancient Greek? Hello? Anyone? I got so annoyed very quickly with him. Oh, I love him. Well, because then literally, so the the Sala, Shala? Yeah. Finds him and he's like, oh, Marcus Brody, come with me. And then when they're stopped by Nazis... Marcus Brody, like, doesn't have any sense of self-preservation. Again, maybe it comes from being a queer person that, like, I'm aware when people, if someone dangerous stops me, I'm not, yeah. he's just like, oh, okay, we're great. Yeah. And then yeah. Shalot yeah, literally goes, an idiot. oh, our papers, run. Let me find my papers, run, Marcus Brody. And Marcus keeps me yes. standing up and like, what are you, what are you saying? What? Yeah. He, he's kind of like Mr. Bean, honestly. Who also I can't watch because it's too annoying. <laughs> but it takes forever for him to run. And then he runs. He does that movie thing where they run five steps and then turn and watch. And I'm like, you need to get some distance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they end up with a car gag straight out of Looney Tunes where he just like runs down what he thinks is an alley, but turns out is the back of a truck. No, he, he thinks it's a uh, it's a storefront. He's like, oh, go in the store, oh, find the right, back right, exit. Right. And yeah. then, no, yeah. it's a it's a Nazi truck. Yeah. Um, cut back to the Joneses and, uh, Elsa is like, oh, Indy, uh, I'm gonna, so when she made out with him, I was like, did she slip him a key? Like, is this some like double, triple, quadruple cross thing happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, she's she just leaves the room and then because uh, there is a bit like that in the the Crystal Skull where it's like I was lying about being a double, Indy. I'm actually a, not a double. Oh agent. yeah, I forgot about the guy who's like so that might have been in your brain. Sort of Bosley. He's like yes. very close to Bosley uh-huh. from Magnum PI. Yeah, I can't remember. Th- I can't remember the actor's name, but yes, very close. And so Indy tries to get his dad to burn through the ropes with the lighter, but he drops it, and the carpet catches on fire, and then the room catches <laughs> yes. on fire. Yes, I also love that he's like, "It's my lucky charm," and it's an, a lighter with a four-leaf clover design on it on the Zippo. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the knives out wheel behind them? The wheel of knives. Uh-huh. No, I didn't, but I love that. Uh, that was like what was my favorite set piece in that movie. The that the one in Knives Out is significantly larger, but I thought this was pretty cool. And then they um find their way into uh the fireplace in a secret passageway. Yeah. And I don't know if this is just like a weird deep cut or what, but is this woman in this room the inspiration for Frau Farbissina from Austin Powers? She does She does really seem like Frau Farbissina from Boston. She Powers. looks and that's sounds a lot like her, so I don't know yeah, if that's ever been said. She absolutely said. does. Yeah, this is also extremely Scooby-Doo with the, the bit of business with the fireplace. Like, it's, it's it's a half a beat away from someone being like, Jinkies! Yeah, like, I, honestly, I was half surprised it didn't just keep spinning. Just, like, constantly rotating at this yes. point. Yeah, yeah. So they trick the Nazis into running into the fire room and then trap them behind their secret bookcase. And then um, Sean Connery accidentally discovers his kick-ass secret spiral staircase. I loved this thing. And Andy takes a huge eat shit fall down these stone down stone steps. This would hurt so bad. So Indy decides he's like, oh, I have a plan. I'm going to start this boat and then kind of like give it a nudge and we'll hide. And then and then the Nazis come and see the boat. And I was like, they don't see the boats empty. Like, it's not a yacht. I guess. Right. But it's like you would assume they'd be laying down because you're going to be shooting at them, I would guess. You know, yeah. I get how this would work for a little bit. But then Indy like pops out of this box. They haven't even left. They haven't even they haven't gotten on the, they're like barely the on the boat. Right. Like, wait till you hear the engine start and it pull away, you dipshit. <laughs> Uh, really great bit uh, chase sequence on the the motorcycles, like Indy with a sidecar with his dad in it. And I, the other thing that's really interesting about this, and I didn't catch it until like the end. I like I thought about it at this point is when I started thinking about it. And it's like, what's Sean Connery got in this bag, and is it going to come into play later? And it never does. No, I like, really wish it did. I also thought we were. Like, I thought he was going to stick his umbrella in someone's wheel, like what Indy yes, does later yeah. to the other guy. I thought he was going to yeah, do with the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, like he has the umbrella comes into play later with the birds, I do like which that. is a cool thing. But there's not even a point where he like hits a guy with a suitcase and it breaks and he's just holding the handle, which is the other thing I thought. I oh, couldn't remember yeah. the suitcase bit. And it was like, how great if he had just done a like, a, you know, a kathunk and he hits someone with it and he's just holding the handle and like throws it away. But uh, he, he does like a stick in the spokes to one guy and launches them. Another guy gets crashes to gets a gate jousted. And I'm like, that dude should have been impaled. Like, yeah. I know that this is not yeah. that kind of movie, but like he, that, that he should have been yeah. a Nazi kebab. Yeah. I a hundred percent should have been like him on the ground with the thing sticking out of his chest, at least like it didn't have to be gory, but yeah. Um, the, the flip that we get on that motorcycle when he jams the, the wheel with the thing. Yeah. That's a great flip. Yes. Fantastic. Looks great. Great dummy work. And then Indy is so proud of himself and Sean Connery is just winding his watch. It's so good. He's such a, an even asshole our father. Heroes have, even our heroes have daddy issues. Um, and so they get to a, a crossroads 
and once it says, you know, Berlin one way and then whatever. Yeah. And Indy's like, well, we, they, we don't need the journal. We need to go to the, to where Marcus Brody is. And then, uh, Sean Connery's like, well, no, the journal has how we're going to get, how how you can get past all of the, like the traps. And then Indy goes, you didn't, you don't remember what they are. And I went, Indy, he wrote it down so we didn't have to remember. And then two seconds later, yeah. Sean Connery goes, I wrote it down so I didn't have to remember. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also I also love that Sean Connery just belts him because he says the Jesus Christ and takes the Lord's name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we, we cut to a Nazi rally. Classic. Oh, no, also, like real quick, they... again, he's like, this obsession with the grail is ridiculous. You believe in magic. And I was like, you should too believe in magic, Indiana. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You saw the Ark of the Covenant. You should pull rabbits out of hats. (laughs) Uh, I love that they're like, you know, we've talked about before. Like, if you if you use tropes in the right way, they really work in your favor. And we just see like Nazi boots getting dragged along the ground, and then Indiana walks forward in the Nazi uniform, Mm -hmm. and it's like that's such a great. It's like we all you all know what I mean. We're just gonna do this. Yeah, we're we're cutting ahead. And oh boy, yeah. does book burning and Nazi imagery fit, hit weird in 2023. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then we cut to um, a close-up of Dr. Schneider, like, watching the book burning crying. And I was like, yeah, bitch, what do you think they were going to do? Like, you don't get to yeah. cherry pick from Nazism. Right, right. Also, like, all of it is bad. Like, the part where they want to ethnically cleanse is worse than the books. Obviously, freak. yes. But, like, I was like, man, like, you can't. I was. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's a whole, an yeah. all or nothing deal here with the Nazis. Right. The part where Indy ends up, like, having to get Hitler's autograph is kind of great. Like, Hitler autographs the map to the grails. Kind of a nice thing. That was funny. funny bit. And then, so they, they get on an airship or a dirigible. I don't know what it technically is. Um. Yeah. And we see that there's that there are Nazis handing out pictures of um Sean Connery being like, Have you seen this man? And I was like Yeah, this part drives me insane. Why does he not shave his beard? Why, why did neither of them do anything to change their appearance? Right. Put on a mustache. Like, cut it down to shave a shave your beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put on a wig. And then, I don't know. And then, and then and then like look, I understand that obviously Sean Connery's character can't read German, but you know when text is upside down. Like newspapers look upside down yes. in foreign languages. Uh, so we get on the we get onto the blimp, and we like Indy's like, "Ah, oh, we made it!" And you know, let's not count our chickens just yet, or whatever he says. Yeah. And then the the Nazi guy boards, and one of my favorite scenes, Indy hucks him out the window, and it's like one of those perfect things where the the crash pad is made to look like suitcases so mm-hmm. you don't have to hide it and you just get to see him take this big tumble and do it's very like uh what's that nazi comedy from like the 50s the producers colonel clink what the- no 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 uh, tv show uh hogan's heroes is that what it's called i have no idea what you're talking about uh there's like a very famous nazi sitcom about people in a constant not a concentration camp like a prisoner war camp with nazis but anyway it's like that very much like nazi shaking his fist as he's been bested like 50s energy of just like ah dr jones but the no ticket and then everyone's scrambling to get their tickets out, out. Their ticket. Mwah. Mwah. i love it so much um then uh it, the the joneses talk some more and sean connery pretends that teaching his son self-reliance was a when in actuality he's just being an asshole father you know. Yeah, it's like you're 
you're you're saying that you did a boy named Sue to him, which doesn't count. Yes. That doesn't count as parenting. And then the airship gets turned around and I was like, ooh, are they going to parachute out of this? Because that would be fun. No, it's a tiny biplane. It's even better. Yeah, they show that plane as they're boarding this ship or uh, on the matte painting of this ship. And I was like, why would there be an airplane there? And then it's like, oh, right. They fly away in it. Duh. But it's like, no, but why is there an airplane there? I mean, I guess it's, you know, the Nazis thought they would be attacked, could be attacked at any time. Yeah, and I, there's probably some like some blimp expert out there is probably like, actually, the reason is this very logical thing you're not thinking of. Like, I don't know, maybe it can like fly off and tow the dirigible if it needs to. Yeah, and then uh, Sean Connery has to be player two. Yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, or or player one in a driving level where like oh, they give you the gun instead. <laughs> like, oh, we we got to drive away. Uh, keep them off me. <laughs> for 10 minutes uh i love that he absolutely destroys the tail of the plane and immediately is like shun we've been hit (laughs) fully lies about it so good yeah um they also you would think that a guy and i'm talking about harrison ford here who has been in so many plane or space plane crashes between star wars indiana jones was that six days seven nights where he gets stranded on a beach with is it Anne hash uh, I think it's Anne like, you'd think that a guy, you'd think that a guy that got that many cinematic crashes would not want to get his pilot's license. But Harrison Ford crashed a plane for real and hurt himself twice. I think why Harrison? Yes, you're right. Twice. Um, so their plane crashes, and I was like, the Nazis don't see where the plane crashed. Yeah, it takes them a while to find them again, and then um, there's uh, the 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 Nazis. They drive. They steal a car and drive through a tunnel, and then for some reason the Nazi just like drives like planes into the tunnel and his wings break off and yes. he was like yeah it's sort of that moment <laughs> in planes trains and automobiles where the nazi plane oh, like yeah. comes up alongside them and they like make eye contact and the plane keeps going it actually felt like a roadrunner bit to me yeah i can like see that. Uh, the part the part where it's like somebody realizes they're running and they're not running on ground they're running in the air and they suddenly plummet where it's like a meep meep then, <laughs> yes you know, and then they drive through exploded Nazi. Yeah, it's like they do this funny bit where the Nazi looks over and is like, huh? And then they absolutely blow this man to pieces. Um, uh, Sean Connery does uh, a reverse Sully, only very far from the Hudson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, it took me a second. Yes, yes, yes. He uses his umbrella to uh, scare up a bunch of seagulls and get the plane that's trying to do a North by Northwest on them. Yeah, I've never seen a plane crash by birds, and I like that. It's a fun one. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and then Sean Connery is very proud of himself, and Indy has, like, he wants to do the watch wine, but he kind of, like, begrudgingly is proud of the of the moment, yeah. which I liked. Um, so the Nazis have- He has, like, it's it's sort of like a facial reaction. Sorry, it's like sort of a facial reaction where he's like, oh, shit, I guess we are somewhat alike, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, the same resourceful or whatever. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so the Nazis have bartered for permission to to look for the Ark of the... Not the Ark of the Covenant. Look for the Holy Grail from the king mm. or Shah or Sheik of the country. Yeah. Um, and I guess it, it seems weird that Indy doesn't think about the fact that his binoculars will glint in the sunlight. I agree. Because they do, and it gives them away, and he they, they blow up their car. Yeah, it's a great, it's super great that like, he's like, dad, we're so out of range. 
Boom! <laughs> it was so nice. And then the uh, the Medjay or Medjoy attack the Nazi caravan, and it starts probably my favorite sequence of the movie. This whole this it's a nice long so chunk. Good. Yeah, it's it like, and, and this is another thing of like we've talked before about like action sequences can be too long and stuff. But what I love about this is like there's modality to it where it's like first we have the the gunfight between the Nazis and the and the the Grail protecting group, and then we have a horse sequence. Then we have a sequence on the tank. Then we have a sequence in, in the, the tank. tank. Then we have a sequence out of the tank. Yeah, and it's just like it's cool to be like. It's one long chunk, but it has like sort of mini mini scenes within the overall. It's dynamic set piece. Mm-hmm. And a really great horse acting too. At the moment, that where poor that horse, horse like, must have been so scared, and then gets back up. Well, actually, this is a thing that movie horses learn to do. Like, like I've seen clips of like the, no, but it's me like being around explosions command. like that. It's probably scary for the horse. Oh, I'm sure that sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I have seen them learn like, okay, you got shot, and the horse like knows how to fall down. It's like play dead with a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Played it with a dog. So Connery goes off script uh, to try and save Marcus Brody and immediately gets kidnapped yep. by the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, all right, Dad, we're going to get the horses and come back. And Sean Connery starts, like, making his way down the, the mountain. It's like, oh, man, this is not going to end well. Um, my favorite, in the, my, two of my favorite bits in the sequence, one, the three-for-one shot that Indy gets. Again, camp. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> my wife was like, oh, come on. I feel like it probably would have done in, in the thirties. It might've gotten through two people. Yeah. I have no idea. It's, I don't have I mean, the higher caliber of the weapon, the more likely that is, but I have no idea. They're also standing like back to front. Like, yeah. You know, what's well, to butt. I just know like, like civil war gun, like that, that bullet was going to rip through you and four people behind you before it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love the part where like Indy blocks the gun with a rock yes. in the tank and it, does like a Looney Tunes like peeled open? Is barrel. that what, does, does that actually happen? Like, is that what it looks like when that happens? Do you know? I would think it would just explode. I don't think it would look. I don't think it would do like four. You know, Prongs. like an open. Yeah, like a tremor mouth. You know, <laughs> so to speak. I think it would just explode and be a gnarled piece of metal. Also, somehow the Nazis forgot they were like leading the group because yes, they, he they're like following him and then he was like he goes around them so they turn the whole tank around and i was like yeah did you forget that you were in the front like yeah they they're on tilt man they're trying to kill indy um so there's like you know a bunch of fighting that happens here that this whole sequence is really good but it's hard to go through it beat by beat but um you know indy gets into a fight he he bumps into a guy with the periscope which he is squishes kind of he's like his face gets all squished up into the periscope yeah, yeah. Then he ends up hanging by his satchel strap off the barrel of that gun that we just talked about that gets blown up. Sean Connery like a, inks not- a Nazi with his pen. <laughs> They're really good. Yeah, it's, you know the resourcefulness of the Joneses is good. Um, it's basically Indiana Jones is hilariously lucky and has a magic whip. Yes, that's, that's sort of his mo. He has the golden um, lasso of truth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Sean Connery gets out of the tank and is like trying to help, and then he gets knocked over, and Indy saves him from getting eaten by the tank treads, which we just saw a guy get really gnarly run over by the tank that way. Yeah, I get no blood. A very a pretty bloodless no movie, blood. we'll say. Yeah, yeah. Um, then eventually it leads to uh, the the tank is like you know barreling towards the cliff and indy we don't know at the moment but gets out you know the but nick like, time did they honestly expect us to believe that indy like indy didn't get off 
it's weird. It's I wonder how much people knew this was the last one. Well, you know, it ended up not being, but that was 20, 30 years later, 30 something years later. Uh, so I do wonder if like maybe they had built it up as the last one. And it it's not like, I don't know. Movies are a little bolder back then. It's not impossible that they do something crazy like that, you know? Yeah, because I, I was like, if they if they movie if this if they killed Indy now and there were twenty minutes left of Sean Connery being a swashbuckler, I'd be like, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I was very I disappointed the tank didn't explode on impact. I was like, that's exactly what I said. I was like, where'd your explosive budget go? You've been yeah, doing it the whole time. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great miniature work, but I was sad there was no explosion. Yeah. Um, so they're like, well, now that the Nazis are gone, we can, uh, go find the Ark. I keep saying Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) We can go find the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Yeah. I thought we were about to get giant spiders when they were showing this. Oh. Because it's all spider-webby and cobwebby. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the sequence where Marcus and Sala, what's, what's, what's his face's name? I think it's Sala or Shala. Okay. And those three with Connery are like really sad looking over the edge of the cliff and Indy like crawls up like five feet away from them and none of them notice and then like comes to stand behind them all out of breath. Yeah. And they're they're all like very sad. And then Brody kind of does this half turn and like deep confusion. It's just a really nice bit of comedy. It's surprising how funny this movie is to me, like without being. Yeah, there's some good, there's some good jokes. Yeah, but not undercutting like the stakes or the tension of scenes and stuff like it just it just has these nice beats of comedy. And the hat comes back, of course. Oh, duh. Uh, so we cut to we're inside the the um, Holy Grail Temple the cavern where where the where the yeah the temple where the Grail is, and we see the Nazis sending up a man after man to like try to get past these obstacles. And there's a really gnarly decapitation where they literally like throw a head. <laughs> yeah, it's down great the tunnel. Um, and it's it's funny to me like they make they shoot Sean Connery. I'm, we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but they they the the bad guy shoots Sean Connery. So that Indy has to go do this. I Indy keep forgetting like, that the Grail was for eternal life, and I was like, "What is? Yes. I was like, you're gonna kill him, and he's not gonna do anything for you." And I was like, "Oh right, no, right. no, 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 no." Yeah, well, I, it's a little fuzzy to me that eternal life also means like instant healing. Like I don't, it doesn't. Those things aren't the same to me, but it's whatever. But I yeah. really like like we see Indy walk by at least three dead bodies. It might be a higher number. I think so. But so and it's the penitent he's doing man. The riddle will survive. Right, right, right. Go ahead. And so I was like, yeah. oh, does he, is it because he bows his head and so he misses the blade? It's like, no, he, he he kneels. And so he kneels and the one that shoots horizontally out of the wall misses him. And then one yeah. shoots perpendicularly up out of the floor. And I was like, well, the kneeling right. doesn't really help that one. So what the fuck? Right. But, but also the idea that the third guy, like the first two men walked straight down the tunnel and got decapitated. The third guy didn't think like, perhaps I should be a little bit lower, you know? Yeah, you would think. I don't think you need the riddle to like, if the third, as the third man down the tunnel, I don't think you need a riddle. So he goes to the next puzzle, which is the name of God with yes. Jehovah. And he does it wrong at first because he doesn't remember that in Latin, it starts with an I or whatever. Yes. And yeah. he falls through the floor and we see a great shot from underneath. But if you look underneath, there are no supports. There's no support system or structure in place right. to say, like, these are the right. ones that are not going to fall. So, like, what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it doesn't seem impossible that someone could jump most of the way over this. Yeah. Right. It doesn't seem like. Or that, it's a skinny but, hallway. Like, you could just do the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. spread wide on and, one side. and shimmy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but he gets through it. And the, my, the third one is by far my favorite where they like sort of seamlessly blend the rock so that it looks like there's nothing there. I wish it was a little more practical yeah. when it's revealed. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to do that, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I think also, or we I missed earlier the- when Donovan said he was like, Hitler wants something, but I, Hitler wants the grail, but I want the eternal life. And I was like, you think Hitler yeah. doesn't want eternal life? Like, that's right. Cute. I was, yeah, it is, it's very strange to me that he says it that way. Uh, I think, honestly, you know, to, to say something for modern stuff, I do think the like comp of the bridge would look a little cooler with modern, you know, CGI techniques where it'd be like the op- optical illusion of it would look cooler from the side. I think it would have been like that the scene in Bob's Burgers that I always love on, in the Bleakin yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they yeah. tilt the camera and there's that like. Yeah. So he gets to the Grail room, and all I could think of is this poor bastard, Eternal Life, and only one book to read? Like, I'd rather be dead. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about Also, here? where was like, he peeing? Where was he pooping? Uh, they just used the magic wand and got rid of it. Is he not, fact. is he not, like, eating and drinking, I guess? We also don't, we also don't see a bed, so maybe he doesn't, like, maybe he just drinks the cup of life water and doesn't need to, like, pee. Maybe. Also, are Indiana Jones and his father just immortal now? Is that what we're supposed to take away from this? No, no. Once you have once you have left, you're only immortal if you keep drinking. And once you you can't bring the cup out of the room, like that's the whole thing that the guy says is like it like that. I think that is the whole point of like the same thing we talked about with vampirism or being Superman is like eternal life is a curse. And the curse is like you can have it, but you can never leave this place. Or, Or you can leave, but you have to come back and keep drinking, I guess. Like, it seems weird that I mean, I guess, it would be, like, eternal yeah, life guess. if you stay hidden in this deep, dark cavern. Then, like, why would anyone do it? Right. Well, that's the... I think that's the point of it, you know? But, like, even then, like, but then, like, why would anyone want it if it's, like, oh, I can stay alive in this room? So, I, I think it's supposed to be something that people covet, and then when you, like, see what it really is, you realize it's it's not actually something worth coveting. Mm. That's... I think that's the supposedly... the Supposed to be the moral lesson here, is my guess. Is gotcha. my read of it, anyway. Anyway... Um, Elsa shows up with what's that cat's name? Donovan. Saying the bad guy, Donovan. Thank you. And Elsa picks Season out of the a witch, cup. baby. She very. She, thank you. Yes, appreciate that. Uh, she very clearly picks out the wrong cup for him on purpose. Oh yeah. She picks like she picks a full on Lil John pimp cup. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gaudy <laughs> gemstone gold goblet. You know, he, he fills this thing from the, the, the fountain of the holy water or whatever, and it's, it's in the background you hear, yeah! <laughs> but also, like, I love that he just assumes she picked right. Because he's yeah. like, I'm not a historian. And I'm like, is she? Yeah. So obviously she, she picks incorrectly on purpose, like you can see it in her face. And man, this rapid aging stuff looks amazing. He kind of looks like so Christopher good. Lloyd for a minute there. He does. He does for a second. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the classic night response, he chose poorly <laughs> as he turns to dust, uh, which is delightful. Indy picks the cup of a carpenter, the simple wooden one, which is the cup of life. And uh, so now, you know, he, he, he knows the secrets. He, and the knight says, you can never cross the seal with it. You know, you can't, you can't take it from this place. So Indy takes it back out to his dad, pours it on the wound, has him drink some. Sean Connery is revived. And then Elsa, you got you can't trust blonde gals named Elsa. They are untrustworthy. <laughs> or apparently. Nazis in general. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Elsa from Frozen is a Nazi. Oh, no, she's um, not. No, no. 
I was just saying that you can't trust her uh, because she crosses the seal almost immediately and the whole building starts falling apart around them, which looks amazing. Great practical sense. Yeah. All the all the different like tectonic plates they built look great. Yeah. Yeah. So Elsa gets, you know, falls. She's falling down a chasm. Indy goes to save her, which I still don't understand. Yeah, I was like, you can let her go. Then, she's a Nazi. She yeah, it's it's fine. Oops. She, she's like region. She, yeah, oops. Oops. I, I almost got her. Oh. Or do a death becomes her. And yeah, 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 yeah. Tap her on the nose. Uh, she's trying to reach the cup. He's saying, let it go. She, of course, doesn't. Falls down the pit. Then he's falling down the pit, and Sean Connery grabs him. And then he starts grabbing for the cup. And I'm like, is this thing, like, like a Is there a pull, object? like a magic pull to it? Right, right. Like, what's happening here? Or, like, I want to hear Indy uh, say, like, this is an important ar- artifact. Like, right. it seems the way he's reaching feels like he's, like, my precious or whatever. Yes, it does. Yeah. And yeah, not yeah. like this blind in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he got a fingertip on it, but he's like, let it go, Sean. And so he does. And they go outside and uh, we've got just a nice bit here with Sala and Indy and uh, Sean Connery, Dr. Henry Jones and Marcus Brody. And uh, Marcus is like, I'm going to lead us out of here. And then almost falls off the horse. <laughs> Immediately falls good. off the horse. Uh, so they they go tromping after him. Indy like sort of push, pushes him physically back onto his horse, and they go riding off to the sunset. And then, if you've seen the Fablemans, you will really appreciate this last shot because the horizon is in the lower third of the of the shot, um, and just just so delightful. It was so delightful. Like I was like, oh man, the horizon thing out loud. I was so delighted by seeing that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, my wife was like, what? And I had to explain the whole bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's a double recommend here. Certainly oh, for sure. For me. Uh, this is a, a masterpiece. It's the kind of movie I really miss. I liked um, The Lost City last year with Sandra Bullock and uh, Chain Tatum, Tatum and yeah. uh, Dana Radcliffe. Yeah. Fun, similar vein, um, you know, kind of has the rom-com slapped over the top of it. So it's a little closer to Romancing the Stone, which is a movie we're going to have to get to. I, it's been on and off the schedule like 12 times. Eventually, it yeah. Seems we like keep putting I'm it on, taking it off. To like. Yeah, it just seems like something I'm guaranteed to like, you know? Danny DeVito's in it, right? Or no? Huh? Isn't Danny DeVito in it? He might be. I don't remember. I think so. But it's an adventure movie from the 80s, so it just seems like so totally in our bag. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a fabulous movie. It's highly worth your time. It's currently on Prime. I'm not sure if it still is when this episode drops, but yeah. it is. As I'm surprised Disney recording. doesn't pull them under their streaming. Yeah, it's weird to me that they don't do that. Maybe they will when it uh, when it's about to be released. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is a masterpiece of a movie. If you've never seen it, highly worth seeing. I hope you didn't listen to us ruin every beat of the movie before you saw it, but this is a delight, and it was so nice to relive uh, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, next month, uh, for our first episode in March will be on uh, History of the World Part 1 for that new tying into that new Hulu show that I just the trailer just dropped for on the day we recorded this. So uh, catch up with the original with us before you watch the new one or right after. I forget what the timing of the episodes is. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please remember to rate it if, wherever you get it. We like to read those on the air. Uh, subscribe or follow depending on what your podcast app calls it. And uh, visit us at Dissect the 80s on Twitter or on Facebook, Dissecting the 80s to say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed Favorite Spuary as much as we did. 
I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.